if I am my own hope, then there is room for hopelessness. I know how much I fail. I know where I am never going to achieve. Like, of course, there's no room for hope in those circumstances if that's all you have because you need the objective source of God. Welcome to another episode of the Carpe Fide podcast, where if the shoe fits, you wear it. And if the truth hurts, you bear it. I am Justin Gruber. And I am Jesse Gruber. And today we hope you will seize the the faith. Welcome to another episode of the Carpe Fide podcast. Carpe Fide 2023. Oh, it's a new year. A whole new year. The whole thing. Inflation's coming for you. No one to tell Fauci no. I wish he'd go. Oh, wait, he already's gone, but COVID's here. There's no one to lead the house. (laughs) (laughs) McCarthy's up late at night. Can't muster the votes. All right, this is enough. Enough of this. Uh, always a good time. Trump just wishes he's going back into the chamber light. Might be Speaker of the House. <laughs> that would be the best political troll <laughs> in all of history. Yeah, well, I mean, any any, any citizen can be Speaker of the House. Right. He does not have to be a member of the Congress that, that is voted Speaker Did of the I House. Didn't I just see in the headlines that Iraq just, or Iran, well, one of those countries just criminally charged Trump with something, and I think it was for blowing up one of their terrorists. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, uh, that guy's, that's not going to work. <laughs> Biden's like, yeah, that's... Let's send him over there. <laughs> oh, wait, that's Trump's voice. Oh, yeah, let's just, uh, you know, oh, hey, send him over there. We, 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 let we him, love the Taliban. Uh, let him, uh, the camel. We can see uh, him with our night vision. <laughs> All right, enough of this. This is episode number 95. Uh, and although we started out lighthearted, we are going to talk about talking <laughs> about tragedy. Rough transition. <laughs> abrupt transition. Uh, we're going to talk about talking Tragic about transition. tragedy, which is what we're going to talk about. Um, what happened on Monday Night Football with DeMar Hamlin and uh, just the world's response to tragedy. And there's just a lot of big cultural ideas that have uh, really kind of, I think, just been brought to the forefront um, with with what happened during the Cincinnati Bengals-Buffalo Bills game. And I think, uh, I think there's a lot that is really important for Christians to grapple with, understand and see, because it, there's, there's much that we need to be able to address and we need to address it, you know, in our own lives, uh, in our families, in our churches, uh, in our, in our places of work, uh, in the places where we, we congregate, we, we need to, we need to deal with these issues and, and be preparing people, uh, with truth in them. And, and some were, there were some really great things to come out of it too. But, um, I think, I think at this point we, we have a pretty good, uh, most people have a pretty good knowledge of what happened um, on Monday Night Football, but to offer a brief, a brief recap for those of you who watch hockey instead of football, <clears throat> congrats on the win that in the game that nobody, nobody yeah watches. Canada Canada won it's Canada's the, game. Um, I'm like, there's seven people in Canada. <laughs> they won the WSJ. No, wait, that's the Wall Street Journal. Wall Street um, Journal. Uh, white WJC. White White Jesus Christ. White Jewish junior? Conclave? Junior winning winning junior It doesn't matter. Canadians. I mean it matters. We're glad that you won. And Canada won. And America didn't win. And that's good. For, for somebody. <laughs> um, but for those that don't watch football, we'll just give a brief recap. Um Damar Hamlin is a twenty four year old uh, professional football player. He plays, <clears throat> he plays safety uh for the Buffalo Bills. 
Um, the Buffalo Bills are playing in Cincinnati against the Cincinnati Bagels on Monday night. This was Bengals. Bagels. Did <laughs> I say it wrong? Bagels. Bagels. <laughs> bagels. Slap some um, cream cheese on that one. This was uh, one of the biggest. It was really one of the biggest games of the year. Two really, really good football teams. Uh, people were were planning on watching uh, really good offenses score points against really really good defenses. It was you know your general sports you know sports contest. Uh, but this 24 year old. <clears throat> um, safety uh, went to make a tackle on a wide receiver from Cincinnati T Higgins and he was coming across the field and uh, took a shot to the chest and you know that nor- looked looked relatively just like every other normal football tackle uh, he got up after the hit uh, for uh, a few seconds and then collapsed um, he then spent uh, 16 minutes on the field they had to do um, CPR um, to to continue his heart pumping uh, to to get to, to get a heartbeat again they actually ended up having to use a defibrillator uh, he was given oxygen uh, in 60 within 16 minutes uh, he was taken out of the stadium uh, to a nearby hospital and a trauma center um, and it was incredibly jarring. Uh, I do want to say uh, right now there's much there's been positive news um, as of the time of the recording of this podcast, which is Thursday. Um, there has been uh, he has uh, opened opened his eyes. There has been uh, signs that he is responsive, uh, which is great signs. He, he was talking today. I didn't see and that. Writing was he notes. Talking? He was talking and writing notes. Oh, that's fantastic. So he asked you on the game. This is, <laughs> he asked you won the game? He did. That's pretty baller. It is. Um, so, so that's excellent news. It, it, it's, a, I, think, I think right off the top, I think one of the things we can be thankful for in America is that we live in a place where uh, there is <laughs> such quick medical treatment there uh, that we do have hospitals that have the, some of the best care in the entire world uh, readily available for anyone who needs it. So that is pretty amazing. And so very thankful, uh, for that. And just hope that it's a super, a super quick recovery that he's able to make full and complete and speedy recovery. Um, and that is all excellent news, but in the moment it was absolutely kind of, it was just scary. Uh, I immediately texted you. I texted you and I texted another friend from church that I talk football with Mike, uh, just about to hit, um, <coughs> I was sad and angry, praying, um, <clears throat> but but the days just in the moment and then in the days to follow. I think so many things have come out. Uh, it was such a it was such a it was really a very well televised. There was lots of people watching this game. Uh, for those of you that don't know, a little thing called fantasy football. This game was the is pretty much the last game of the fantasy football season, which is basically where grown men make a game up about a game <laughs> uh and so this was this was a big game i mean there was there was a lot of eyeballs and so this was a this was a very impactful thing it was so impactful uh that even if you hadn't watched the game you had found out about it by the next day it was in the news um and and everybody seemed to have a take everybody had a thought um people had thoughts about how the players reacted after the game people had thoughts about the hit people had thoughts about uh you know possible mitigating circumstances as to why he collapsed. It was, everybody had, had a take. Um, and, uh, and it, and it became such a big wide thing that I thought it really, really had so many good, good things to, to highlight things that, you know, we need to offer truth and hope on. And also things that were just generally positive, um, that we should celebrate. Um, 
And I think the first thing, which which is good, we'll start with the start with the positive. I think the positive is is a great place to start, and that's that's this like magical um, awakening to this power, the power of prayer, all of a sudden <laughs> across Twitter and and you know all the players, and it was it was just this weird thing to to watch. Um, it, it, very encouraging to watch so many players dropping to their knees and praying. Um, at one point, the whole Bills team gathered together uh, in a huddle format, and the coach said that we were, that they were going to pray, and they then they were led in a prayer. They prayed together as a team. Uh, it was it was incredible. You had players on both sides coming over. You had Cincinnati players hugging the Bills players and and offering support and prayer together. So <clears throat> so that was very amazing. And then all of a sudden, unlike you know maybe other tragedies. It was totally suddenly okay to, you know, just say, hey, you know, I, uh, my thoughts and prayers are with DeMar Hamlin and his family. It suddenly became an acceptable thing to do uh, on on Twitter. And I'm, I mean, man, we had we had public figures on national sports shows just like, you know what, I'm just going to pray now. I'm just going to pray for DeMar Hamlin and just praying in a very blatant way to the God of the Bible for his sovereign hand. It was uh, it was it was amazing. Um, so I, I don't know. Have, have you have you felt any experiences uh, with that, Jesse? Of God's sovereign hand? Yeah, of course. No, I met with the the reaction of prayer oh. uh, to, oh. to the situation. Uh, yeah, I mean, I've, I've definitely seen it. I mean, even that night talking to people at work because I was working overnight. You know, I'm like, oh, did you see the thing with the football player? And they're like, yeah, it's crazy. You know, um, so, I mean, the, the reach did get far and wide. And, um, you know, waking up the next day, or I guess the next afternoon since I slept during the day, um, just kind of starting to see the reactions pour in and actually just being kind of overwhelmed with the amount of support for the player um, for Damar uh, was really nice to see because um, animosity is just so prevalent now. Um, but, I mean... I, uh, one of my buddies, oh, you know, you, you guys know John, uh, John Cooper posted, uh, who lives in the Buffalo area, <clears throat> um, posted a picture of the, of the Bills players praying. Um, and I reposted that and I, I got a laugh react from one of my, one of my atheist friends <coughs> or agnostic or spiritual friends, um, uh, two, spirit? two, two spirit, one spirit, two spirit, red spirit, blue spirit. Two spirit is the Native Americans say. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, but uh, he he put a laugh react on there, and I'm like, oh, well, that's that seems inappropriate, even just mildly for, insensitive, yeah, <laughs> just for even someone who doesn't think prayer does anything. And he starts going into it, and I'm like, dude, they're he's like, oh, that they're praying for a game is stupid, blah blah blah. I don't even know why they need to pray for a game. And I'm like, dude, they're someone literally collapsed and went into cardiac arrest on the field. That's why they're praying. And then like two or three more comments came before. Eventually, he was like, "Oh yeah, no, that was that was that was bad. I, I probably shouldn't have said that." I'm like, yeah, definitely not. <laughs> like, you can't take the moral high ground and make fun of people praying for someone who went to cardiac arrest. Uh, I mean, kudos, kudos <laughs> Just for uh, for eventually admitting your mistake. I yeah, mean, better that, late that than never. That is it is important to say. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but truth be told, I mean, and we we've seen it in politics over the past few years when when a politician perhaps would offer thoughts and prayers um, for some type of tragedy. There is. Um, not an underwhelming amount of responses that would mock and say, you know, well, why do we need, why do we even need to give prayer? Prayer is not a real thing. It's not based on anything. You're not praying to anybody and it doesn't do anything. And so to see so many people, <clears throat> to see so many people boldly and unapologetically proclaiming that they are praying for tomorrow really was an encouragement to see. But, um, 
Yeah, and uh, and one of the things that politicians often do is is the the cynical politicians that will will significant I guess significantly downplay prayer is probably the nicest way to say it, if not just outright um, castigate it, which is incredibly sad. Um, they do that. Their their answer is. We don't need prayer here. We need action. We need to, you need to do something, uh, which I mean, really <laughs> betrays their understanding of prayer as if praying is not doing something <laughs> as if appealing to the highest sovereign authority over all and uh, things is, is, is not doing anything as if that's not doing anything or perhaps is the thing that we should do first before we do anything always. Right. Cause again, it's in the name sovereign God. It's sovereign over all. Right. Um, the funny thing is that prayer literally doesn't hurt anybody. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you know how homosexuals are just like, why are you good to homosexuality? It's not hurting anybody. And we're like, well, because sin hurts people. And then like people are just all up in arms about people praying for some reason. And it's like, it's not, it's literally not hurting anybody. It's not hurting you. Who? Why do you care if I pray? It's more so it's, it's, <clears throat> it just portrays the hatred of God is all it does. They right. hate God. Yeah. Um, and they believe that, you know, why are you praying to some sky fairy? It's not doing anything. You need to be doing something. And the reality of what happened to DeMar Hamlin on, on the field was uh, there was nothing to do. It was one of those moments where you watched grown men who, um, who their whole lives is about being able to control themselves in hard physical conditions and situations. And in fact, they're some of the best in the world at it. That's why they're on there. That's why they're making large sums of money to play uh, professional football and, and to watch them not, not be able to do anything. It's that moment of incapacitation. I can do nothing. I am powerless here. You immediately desire to appeal to the only source of power uh, that is objectively outside our realm of frailty because they are the omnipotent. And that's what we saw on Monday night. And we saw it. We saw it um, in scores. It was it was all over the place. It was all over. And it was all over social media. People's, you know, praying uh, for DeMar Hamlin, for the Hamlin family, for recovery, for God's hand of 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 peace upon the family. It was great. Um, uh, uh, Dan Orlovsky is a former, uh, I'm going to, I don't want to mess this up. I don't remember what he played. I mean, he played in the NFL. I'm pretty sure at some point he's, just, he's, he's not a big man. I, I feel like maybe a kicker. <laughs> I think I do believe he played. I, I, I'm probably going to get fact checked now by somebody and that's okay. Uh, but he was on, um, I believe it was a, a show on ESPN and he actually just prayed just stopped and said, everyone's saying that we need to send thoughts and prayers. So I'm just going to do it. Uh, do we have that? Do you have that audio? Yes. Yes, I do. By the way, I think I just want to say he did a fabulous job um, of not mincing words about who he was praying to and why he was praying. I just want to say that. Okay. Um, football gave me everything, you know, and I think even through the midst of absolute tragedy last night, I think you saw some of the beauty of football mm -hmm. as well, that it's brought us all here together. Um, you know, like, this is a little bit different. I heard, I've heard it all day, like thoughts and prayers. And you just heard Scherf and Jonathan Allen say, like, all we can do is pray for him. And I've heard the Buffalo Bills organization say that like, we believe in prayer. And maybe this is not the right thing to do, but I want it's just on my heart that I want to pray for it is. DeMar Hamlin right, right, right now. Um, I'm going to do it out loud. I'm going to close my eyes. I'm going to bow my head, and I'm just going to pray for him. 
Um, God, we come to you in these moments that we don't understand, that are hard, uh, because we believe that you're God and coming to you and praying to you um, has impact. We're, we're sad, we're angry, um, and we want answers, but some things are unanswerable. We just want to pray, truly come to you and pray for strength for Damar, for healing for Damar, for comfort for Damar to be with his family, to give them peace. If we didn't believe that prayer didn't work, we wouldn't ask this of you, God. Um, I believe in prayer. We believe in prayer. We lift up DeMar Hamlin's name in your name. Amen. 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 It's beautiful. Respect. So that was uh, a clear prayer to the sovereign God of, of the Bible <laughs> uh, for his power. Uh, in a situation that was beyond the, any of our control. So I thought it was really, I thought it was really good um, to see, to see this, this acceptance of prayer in public, to watch a man live on television pray is in, in this cultural climate is just a relatively, it was a relatively powerful thing. Um, and, and it was very encouraging. And, and that, that prayer was suddenly thrust into the forefront um, that, that it was, it was, it wasn't just something that people were doing. It was something that people were acknowledging as the most relevant thing they could do, uh, in the situation. Um, it was, it was, it was a, a wonderful, a wonderful thing to see. Um, <clears throat> did you have anything you wanted to add about his prayer? No, just about prayer in general. You, you, no. I know you had looked at some scriptures, and um, I didn't know there's anything you wanted to address from them. Um, I mean, so I mean, what, one of the things, <clears throat> one of the things that um, came to mind, especially when I had that negative interaction um, with the with with the mocking attitude towards prayer, was um, in, in the book of Jude, in Jude 17 and through 19, really. Um, it, says this it says but you beloved must remember the words that were spoken beforehand by the apostles of our lord jesus christ that they were saying to you in the last time there will be mockers following after their own ungodly lusts these are the ones who cause divisions worldly minded not having the spirit um and it just it just reminded me that there are that there are i think i think probably as i get older or perhaps maybe when as as i get into deeper conversations with people just this hatred of god uh, seems to stand out you know like i feel like a lot of times we think that there's just this neutrality and it's just uh not true um that the bible is true when it says that we were enemies of god when he saved us and pe people do hate god and we need to pray for the spirit to work in there um, in their hearts and in their minds to renew their minds and to uh, bring life to their hearts so that they can have the spirit and so that they won't be ones who cause divisions who they won't that they won't be worldly minded um, and that they wouldn't follow after their own ungodly lusts <clears throat> to the point of mocking people for for bowing their knee in moments of hopelessness and helplessness to the one who has hope and the one who can help yeah it's a <clears throat> it's intent it's probably intensely important to point out the the reality that uh, when someone goes into cardiac arrest, when someone's heart uh, stops beating, one of the most Im most important things is to get it to beat as fast as possible. Because what is 
what it, what the danger is uh, is that that oxygenated blood ceases to flow. Uh, particularly, it can cause uh, brain damage. Your your brain's not receiving uh, the oxygen that it needs to function, and when that happens, there can be damage done to the brain that causes uh, all all types of of problems. <clears throat> so um, the the fact that we've gotten such a wonderful report today of De- of Devar Hamlin and his response is probably a a huge testament to what prayer is. Prayer is the obedience of God's people uh, crying out to the one who is is rightfully placed as the sovereign. It's appealing to Christ. It's appealing to God. It's appealing to the only one who has the power to to work uh, sovereignly in the situations we have no control over. Like, for example, the doctors can do everything they can to make sure Damar Hamlin was resuscitated and functioning as as optimally as they can, but they cannot. They have no control over what level of brain damage occurred when there was not uh, a heartbeat uh, in his brain. But God has sovereign control over that. Um, when God's people pray, God is God is pleased to have before the foundations of time orchestrated that good work for his people to walk in uh, to reveal his sovereign hand through prayer, through the obedience of his people in the healing that he provides uh, here. And and to be sure, there are times when that prayer is, is to reveal peace and grace uh, for those uh, as our desired outcomes are not achieved but God's glory is is achieved. In this case, we have a clear instance where I believe God smiled at the the faith of so many of His believers who did cry out, um, as as He knew they would, and was delighted that they followed Him in obedience and and were able to show a world <clears throat> that He is He is not He is not a a pinata. He is a real sovereign God who works over things that we cannot possibly have any control over. Yes, that he's not dead, that he's surely alive. Amen. That he's living on the inside and roaring like a lion. He's roaring. Way to really, way to really take down he's roaring. the serious conversation about prayer. That was great. That was fantastic. He did a great job. You really just smashed this podcast and ruined it. He's roaring like a lion. Yeah, we get it. God's not dead. He's surely alive. Okay, we get it. Okay. Um, but the other thing we wanted to talk about. <laughs> the other thing that I thought was a glaring reality was... Uh, this was a fantastic insight, by the way. I just wanted to say that. Oh. That's excellent. I'm glad that you I'm glad that you thought that. Uh, one of the things that really bothered me a lot was the incredible reality that there is absolutely no concept in our culture of dealing with tragedy. There's uh, none. It's not like there's a bad concept. There's no concept of how to deal with tragedy. At the end of the day, what happened to DeMar Hamlin is not a national tragedy as we would think of a national tragedy. Mm. Um, It is something that uh, certainly is um, a personal tragedy to the entire Hamlin family. Uh, you could extend that out. He has friends and loved ones to which it is a tragedy. You extend it out to the people that he sees every day and uh, plays f- plays football, goes to battle on the 
on the gridiron with the pigskin, as you know, colloquial terms might go. It's certainly a tragedy to his teammates. It's a tragedy to the fans of Buffalo. Um, every time you extend out this circle in a concentric ring, it, it, it becomes you become significantly disconnected from that tragedy. And I think that's important to note. Uh, for me personally, um, uh, it's a tragedy because he's a man and he's an image bearer of God. And uh, and everything about it was was shocking. Um, however, it in no way affected my life the next day. Uh, it did not have any tangible, like in a, like in a practical, tangible right? In way. a practical, tangible way, it did not have an effect on my life. And that is that is true for actually, um, you know, ninety nine almost all national news nine yes. percent of the population in America, oh. um, but also ninety nine percent of the national news as well. Oh yes, absolutely. Um, it, it certainly is a huge. Would be it would have been what you would have seen a a, a big story in inside of Buffalo, uh, and then it would have been you know a small story inside of New York, and you know it, it should have been a momentary story nationally as it was on television. Um, but but what it doesn't need to be is some sort of debilitating and crippling thing that people can't begin to to move from. I think we've seen this happen in our culture so much lately. Um, there's a way. Uh, to lovingly uh, and caringly move forward without also callously moving on from something. And that's important to acknowledge in tragedy. I'm not going to callously move on from what happened to Damar Hamlin because as a Christian, as a fellow image bearer of God, I want to pray and care for Damar Hamlin and the family. You know, I, I experienced seeing it on television and, and I'm a fan of football and I don't want anyone to to suffer such a tragic end. A 24-year-old, incredibly fit NFL safety, professional starting safety, uh, is it's a, it's obviously an out-of-the-box circumstance. It's not usual in any stretch of the word usual. I don't even think the progressives could make this fit the term usual. Um, and so that makes it tragic. But there's a way to not be callous towards that in a, in a fashion where you simply move on from, but there is a way to move forward, uh, in that, in that, uh, circumstance. Uh, I think, I think I just in my, my realms of running around with, you know, sports and, and enjoying, enjoying fantasy football is something that I do enjoy. And I do, I, I have a lot of time to consume podcasts uh, it's a relatively slow news time of year. Um, there's a lot of great theology podcasts. Uh, many of them also take breaks <laughs> during the holidays. So I'm pretty well caught up on most of my podcast listening. I, I enjoy listening to fantasy football podcasts. Um, they did some of the best coverage. Many of them um, holistically acknowledged the story of what happened with DeMar Hamlin. They would give an update uh, they would acknowledge the story and then they would also acknowledge the reality that they do a podcast on something that is literally a hobby. It's literally something that we do uh, as as a, a distraction in many ways from um, from other things. It's it's a pastime. And, and so they 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 all attempted to move forward in a way uh, that reminded people to not forget. You don't just you don't just move on, but you do move forward. Um, and it was they were all really good. The, the national media did such a horrible, just a much worse job. I, I couldn't find 
an instance where someone wasn't making the tragedy about themselves in some of the most disgusting ways. Um, in the in the sports world, there's a show called Undisputed with a commentator, Skip Bayless, and he has um, Shannon Sharp on, uh, who's a former NFL player. And they basically, it's just another you know sports show where people are sports are designed to allow people to argue about things. It's one of the like key components of sports. Sports in itself is a small view of battle. It's a small, a small world of battle. And so it, it naturally lends when you are a fan of sports to continued, you know, these small forums of battles and discussions and who's better, who's better at this, who's better at that. And you know, you're, you're, you're stupid for being a fan of this and um, <laughs> so on and so forth. And that's basically all this show really is. It's two talking heads. And yet, I've never seen two people and people are taking sides and you know, somebody said something insensitive. No, he was wrong. He was right. And I've never seen two people whose literal job is to cause controversy on a national media, cause controversy and make a tragedy about themselves. It's just so stupid. And that was just par for the course across the board. You had NFL players reps making this about, you know, needing more money because it's more dangerous. The sport's dangerous. Uh, you, you had, it was anybody could pull on an angle was pulling on an angle. Um, honestly, everything I've heard from the Hamlin family has, has not been about that. And yet one of the other really great things to come out of this was to see the amount of uh, money poured into, um, poured into the, the foundation uh, that DeMar Hamlin started actually when he was in college, it's just a, to, a toy drive. It's to raise money for, to buy toys for kids who are under, underprivileged, underserved. Um, and when he started in college, he did, he desired, you know, he thought maybe he could get 25, raise $2,500 and that would, you know, be able to buy, you know, enough, some toys for some local children. Uh, and I believe when I checked earlier today, it was up over $6 million now, which is insane because this is, it's, you're looking at people like they, they can't do anything. <laughs> what do we do? Uh, how can we help? And here's this one way. Um, and people said, well, this is a way I can respond that I care that I can say, Hey, Damar, I care about you. And this is, this is a good thing that you were doing. I want to support it. And you're, you're talking about $6 million raised. And of course, in the course of three days, which is insane. That's people saying that they care. Um, and to watch all these people just make it about themselves in all these different formats was really gross. It was really disgusting to me. Um, well, I mean, that, that's because it's because they have just absolutely no sense of what to do. I mean, when 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 everything's gone, anything goes. And the thing that goes most often because it's most it's the easiest thing for us is selfishness and pride. And so like in a roundabout way, everyone just without a foundation, without something concrete, there's just so much subjectivism that literally any response that they have bubbling out of their emotive self emotive orifices <laughs> is the right response for them you know what i mean they are val they vet they have been so validated by the education system and their politicians and their movie stars and singers to just be themselves that when all of this stupid stuff comes out of them as reactions because they have no actual grounding in anything other than themselves then then like like that's just the default response is just it's selfishness and there's nothing worse or that like there's nothing more icky to see than someone making someone else's tragedy about themselves right like give the man 
give the man some prayer. Give the man some, uh, give his foundation some money. Do something to help because you know about this. But making it about yourself is just absolutely ridiculous. And re- report on it. I mean, I, I'm not against people reporting on it and acknowledging it and saying that we should care. We should we should send thoughts and prayers. We should. Right. You know, if you want to support, report. one of the really fun things that a lot a lot of fantasy football play um, leagues did is they took the money because a lot of people play fantasy football leagues where they can. I don't know these people, but they can afford to you know put money into fantasy football. <laughs> not something, not something we do in the Cooper household. They put money to play the game about the game. <laughs> yes, and then you know, when you when you win your league, you you receive. Is the, the money funds. real? <laughs> yeah, it's real money. Oh, okay. uh, so they would. <laughs> it's fantasy, <laughs> fantasy, fantasy money. football money. <laughs> it only exists in. You know, you've heard of. <laughs> Uh, you've heard you've heard of Bitcoin and uh, and cryptocurrency that exists on the blockchain. Well, this is called the fantasy football chain, and only the currency <laughs> exists on fantasy football chain. I'm kidding; it's real money. What's the conversion um, rate? No, it's <laughs> not good. I need to um, tap that. <laughs> uh, but, prob- if it's not good, it's probably better than the American dollar. But many of the, oh, oh. <laughs> many of the uh, fantasy football leagues across <laughs> across the country donated the winnings you know you if if it if it wasn't someone who needed the money if it was they just they donated the winnings it didn't it didn't matter they gave them to the the charity which is which is a, a wonderful like connection point i think to people who are you know using a hobby for the game and then say you know what you know we're gonna we're gonna give this someplace where where it shows how much we care and support so i thought that was really cool um but but reporting on the news, simply reporting on it and acknowledging that we should care, you know, and, and, and send send your prayers to for the family, to God, for the, for the Hammond family. Um, and then moving forward is all that needed to be done. Uh, in ninth, it's important to note, um, this level of tragedy is not common in football. Um, in fact, there's only ever been one NFL player who's actually died, uh, died from, well, died during a football game. Um, the NFL began in 1921, the National Football League. Um, in 1971, <clears throat> uh, 50 years in, um, a player was walking back to the huddle after a play, wide receiver, and uh, and he just he collapsed. It turns out he also had a cardiac event. Um, I believe there was uh, uh, clotting issues, and uh, that, that unrelated necessarily to the sport of football. Um, and he did. They 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 couldn't resuscitate him. Uh, in fact, there was only, a, I think there was was not more than a minute. There was a little over a minute left in that game. Um, they got him off of the field. They did take him to a hospital. They just finished, they finished the game. And uh, and it was, it certainly was not a national tragedy uh, in the same way this was. Um, it makes it no less a tragedy. It, it just, it, 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 everything, everything bad is a national tragedy now because of our connectivity through through the internet and and also our lack of ability to process tragedy to acknowledge what tragedy is um and to move to move forward from it um they finished that game they 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 finished the football season um and and the player actually died they they could not uh restore restore his heartbeat um and and the, the autopsy did reveal that he had he had clots that had caused the heart attack um in this case, Demar Hamlin is recovering, and I think that's a huge testament. In fifty years, we 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 have gotten a little better at responding emergently in medical situations, which is amazing. Um, 
but but there's a way to move forward and we should all care in tragedies but you know it that concentric circle is important you know families care for families um church families care for church families you take you care for the things that happen inside of your town you care for the things that happen inside of your county inside of your township inside of your state right inside of your nation but these concentric circles go farther and farther out you have less and less uh personal connection to them um we've we've seen our our issue with tragedy so often and it just betrays as you said jesse that objective connection right Everything is subjective. When everything is subjective, then every tragedy is debilitating. Any tragedy, it can be completely unrelated to you. It is debilitating because subjectively you ponder it. And since you are your own God, however you come down on it, it can debilitate you because you're the one who processes it. You're the one who oversees it. You're the one who decrees what is and what isn't. Right. Without the foundation, you just fall into a spiral. Like your default is to shut down. Because you have no way to process these things and you have to you have to literally construct every, every time something happens, you have to construct something new, a new way to how to deal with something. Whereas, at least for, for us as Christians, we have the, the very firm foundation of God's word to run to in times of tragedy. That's how we know that praying is a right response to tragedy. That's how we know reminding ourselves of God's sovereignty is a right response to tragedy. It's how we know leaning into our loved ones is a right response to tragedy and, and all of these other things. Uh, people, people without God, and especially mo- modern people without God, have absolutely no framework as to how to deal with things, these things. So they must shut down because they do not know where to go from where they are. They're like a lost child in the mall. They have absolutely no sense of direction. And it's, it is sad, and that's a scary place to be, right? That's a scary yeah. place to be, not knowing. It's hopeless. <clears throat> Which is why evangelism is so important, y'all. Yeah, it, absolutely. Because with there, there's it's that hopeless level of understanding, and we all know we all know if our hope only extends as far as we like me myself. If I am my own hope, my, then there is room for hopelessness. I know how much I fail. I know where I am never going to achieve. Like, there, of course, there's no room for for hope in those circumstances if that's all you have, because you need the objective source of God. You need to be connected to the objective source of hope. That hope against hope. Uh, to be able to lean our hope in the hope that God gives, that God is the sustaining source of hope and life. It's so true. I think we see this so many ways. And this is this was just a microcosm of it. It maybe it's the most immediate recent thing that said it sort of blew up. Um, but people just not knowing how to move forward in things. I, I think I think back to uh, the fact that here in America, you know, our unemployment numbers have gotten better over the past three years. Yay. Um, but but not really <laughs> when you think about tragedy and this is one of the things they don't talk about oh look unemployment's lower here's the thing because we don't know how to deal with tragedy COVID happened and we i would say obviously high insight we reacted in all of the wrong ways <laughs> i don't know some people called it pretty early on <laughs> <laughs> right well all right so yes in fact you know but especially some, now in high sight some of the people on this podcast have called it called it from very early on but that's neither here nor there <laughs> i'm simply saying and from this point Tee-hee. from this point looking back we can safely say right we can safely say uh was handled in all the wrong ways but the reason unemployment looks so much better is one because many people have returned to work and two all the people who are debilitated because of the tragedy 
who did not go back to work are no longer counted in those statistics. They've been out of the workforce in a real way for years now. And so the workforce pool is now smaller. It's it's crazy. Either they're receiving some sort of permanent stipends from the government or they just have ceased to have to work. They've found other weird ways in which that they have found sustenance. And they no longer work at their jobs, but they're also no longer counted in these statistics. And it's so it it just kind of it kind of underlies and betrays the the reality that tragedy just debilitates you when you have no hope. Mm. Um and 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 it, and it's sad. And and so this was just a microcosm of that watching people be unable to actually process on how to move forward uh without callously moving on was it was just so evident everywhere. It was so evident. Um we must be giving the sustaining truth of the hope in Christ because the world is, it is lost. It has no purpose. It has no meaning and it is hopeless. It is a hopeless place. Christian, that is our call. We've been given the ministry of reconciliation by God. Why, why us? I I mean, really look at us. We're (laughs) why us Lord earthen vessels, broken earthen vessels that you make into vessels for your glory. Uh, we, we must, dear Christian, take up that call and be obedient to to give the hope, <clears throat> give the hope to the world that needs it. Mm-hmm. So that was those were just some few things I think that really popped out. I do want to also say, as Jesse's looking up unemployment statistics, that I don't know if he's just trying to, to depress himself or. No, no, no. There was there was an article that I read recently where you can make you can make far above the average salary in new jersey based just based on unemployment yeah new jersey was number three in that particular article i believe one of the it was the where top did, three. where did we see that um i'm forgetting at this moment um but yeah you could like a yeah you could make you could make a lot of money it's like it was like eighty thousand dollars for a family of three uh you know spouse and a kid i was like that's a lot of money in benefits obviously you're factoring in um, direct payments. Right. Uh, you're also factoring in medical benefits, uh, food benefits, all those other additional coverages. So it was a total, some total of all the benefits you could receive. Um, right. I forget what I do. I, I do genuinely forget where that article was. Um, I'm glad I'm not crazy. No, no, you absolutely did. It was very recent. It was within the past three days, actually. <clears throat> right. Um, one of, one of the other, um, things that I think is important to say in this situation is there are people reacting immediately right away. I mean, there are people on the broadcast that were talking about how dangerous football was. Uh, I just want to say there's, there's, uh, I mean, I've watched a lot of football. Um, the, the, the hit that happened on the field wasn't something that I would say in any way was an extra extemporaneous football hit. It wasn't, it, it was very much a, a routine football hit. Mm-hmm. Um, and in saying that, what I, what I, what I want us to understand is this is a 24 year old athlete, um, who is incredibly healthy. Uh, we have, we have circumstances of people having heart attacks on the football field, um, once, uh, over the past hundred years. And, um, people were trying to, you know, blame the violence of football and how v- football is just too violent. And it's, we shouldn't play it. And I just want to say, um, this isn't the time to make that call. Uh, just like, you know, for all initially, my initial thinking was, had to do with, you know, possible, um, vaccine complications, 
but we don't make that as a definite. You can't make that definitive claim. We're not gonna. I don't want to. I don't want us to get lost in the weeds of a tragedy um, that we can't explain and try to make it so that we can understand it by casting some sort of judgment that we can't make. We don't know what happened to Demar. We don't know if there were other any number of um, pre-existing conditions or underlying complications that caused what happened on the field. We don't even know if it was simply the impact of the hit. We have no idea. But people playing both sides, I think we should just be cautious in that. I think we should want to desire answers for something that is just so out of the realm of possibility that it's a statistical anomaly equivalent in mathematics to zero. We should want to know things. We should have questions about that. But we shouldn't go around making uh, definitive claims and judgments about it when we just we just don't know we just don't have enough information i just wanted to encourage you in that that it's okay to live in the i don't know while simultaneously desiring to want answers to something so freakishly unusual it's it's fair to do it's acceptable to do we don't have to know in the moment and every hot take isn't always helpful <laughs> yes and amen i believe proverbs has some things to say about saying things Ironically, I did want to use the other version. <laughs> Proverbs has some. Did you just say Proverbs has some things to say about saying I things? I sure did. It sure does. I mean, it does. It that's a fact. It, yes. <laughs> I, one of the things I wanted to say to your friend who was poo-pooing uh, prayer, the power of prayer, uh, was uh, you know, oh, they're praying about a game. I, Proverbs very clearly says that God is the sovereign Lord over the casting of lots, which is to say. There's not a you can't make a you couldn't make can't make a gambling bet that God isn't sovereign over. Uh, so, I mean, geez, like, don't limit God. Who, who do you think you are? <laughs> That's stupid to do for sure. I hope I hope this has been helpful to you. Uh, if you don't know about Demar Hamlin, we're going to include the, some, you know, videos. We'll definitely include a link to that prayer. You can hear Dan, Dan Orlovsky's prayer again. Uh, if you would like, you can check out the, uh, the you know, the, the moment, the, the instance uh, of the of the hit and see what happened for yourself uh, instead of just taking everyone's word for it. Uh, it's good to be informed. And uh, and honestly, I would I would definitely try to watch some of the footage, it, not not just of the hit, but of the players reactions. I think you saw a lot of humanity uh, in that that 15 minutes, uh, 16, 16 minutes while he was down on the field of people praying, of groups of people praying, of of people who were um, opposition a moment ago, uh, hugging and talking and, and trying to help others who are hurting. Uh, so I actually do, I actually do encourage that. Um, and uh, if you do, if you have any thoughts, if you have any uh, or prayers or, or prayers, no, definitely be praying for DeMar Hamlin. Um, uh, honestly, you should definitely be sharing your prayer requests with your church body. I just want to say that uh, don't, don't hold tragedy to yourself when you actually have a community to lean on. Um, we're praying for DeMar Hamlin because it happened on television and now people know his name. There's a reality. There's hospitals filled with people that need prayer. Um, and there are hurting people in your church that need prayer. So pray, pray Christian. Um, the prayer of a righteous man availeth much open your mouth and be obedient to God and crying out to him. Uh, that's a, that's a good encouragement for this day. Do you have any other, anything else? No, I, I think that's great. I think we hit all the main points that we wanted to hit. Awesome. I really hope that this uh, gives you some things to think through and think about um, in the midst of, of, a, of a, what's become a pretty much a cultural hot, hot button that, that, that just happened recently. I think it really can open the door 
uh, to ask questions about how people are doing and thinking through about through things. Ask good questions. You can get people to start opening up, and that's a great time to share the gospel so that people can have hope. Yes, make sure that you are aware of the foundation that you have so that when tragedy strikes, you are the stalwart one that people can come to, and you can give them the answers that they need. Yes and amen. Well, given given the, given that wonderful concluding comment there, Jesse, I think this is a good time uh, to end the podcast and encourage all of you good people to seize, seize the faith in 2023. A whole new